0: Welcome to another edition of the Super Flight Podcast. You are Anselm Kiefer of NBA Podcast because this show is all about texture, baby. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Joe Borelli, coming at you from my studio in Brooklyn, New York. It is Thursday, April 5th, 2018, and it is still freaking cold outside. Uh, ways to get in touch with the show. You can tweet at me at Superflight Pod. You can tweet at me personally at Joe Borelli. You can tweet at Dunktails Podcast if you want, at Dunktails Pod. You can email the Superflight Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow along on SoundCloud barely, but sometimes. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Almighty Baller Network. You can follow me at the Dunktails Podcast with James Hollis. And you can, that's it. You can send me your mental telepathy and I will communicate with you only by mind because we are linked, you and I. And that's my wife telling me that she's linked with me too. But where was I? Um, So, you know, I'm on the train really early the other morning. I, I don't know why. I got like, so my wife travels a lot for work and she has to get up really early some days. Well, the other day she got up at like 4.30 in the morning. So typically when she wakes up, I wake up. It's just how it works. I don't sleep well to begin with. I usually wake up mm, most nights. Well, not most nights, but some nights I'll wake up at like one o'clock in the morning and be up until four in the morning and go into work like a zombie because I can't sleep. Um, <clears throat> but the other night she got up at four or 30 in the morning and I was just awake. So I got up early. I wanted to see her out the door. I got ready. I got to work extra early. Um, by the way i usually get to work two hours early anyways because it's the only time of the day i can get things done because i'm by myself and nobody bothers me uh so yeah i'm a maniac that's right uh don't go to work two hours early it's just not worth it um so anyways i'm on the train and you know i've been in new york almost 11 new years now I, i came right from grad school and i moved to the big city from philadelphia which is also a big city but whatever um, been in New York since. Love it here. It's an amazing city. There's so many things to do and see and, and people to talk to and the amazing conversations you can have, blah, 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 blah right? But I saw a first the other morning. Um, kind of blew my mind. It's not a particularly good story. It's kind of gross, uh, but it was completely unexpected. And it says a lot about me as a human being as well, because the first things that went through my mind, I like to think of myself as a caring person who really gives a shit about other people. It's probably not true. I'm just a big dick, but I like to think that I'm a good guy, right? So I'm sitting on the train and I I get into Manhattan and I have to transfer because the train is running on, an express track for whatever reason that morning because they're constantly doing work around the city and they just cannot seem to do anything right. They can't get the trains any better than they are, except they love to charge us more and more money all the time. I'm sorry, am I complaining? Anyway, get to the platform and I have to transfer over. So I just, you know, walk across the platform, wait for the next train to come. Next train arrives and I get on and it's there's literally no one on the train. It's just me and one other guy. I'm sitting in the middle of the train, in the middle of the car, basically. And this guy is sitting all the way at the other end. And I mean, it's not that far from me. If you've ever been on a New York City subway, you'd you'd see, you know, it's not, it's not, it's like 20 feet away, right? And he gets up and he does this thing where I've never done in my 11 years in New York, I've never done this. I don't ever plan to do this. I, I think it's really foolish, although I've never seen anybody actually get hurt by doing it, but I still think it's insane. And why would you do it in a moving train? He gets up and walks out the door. There's doors between cars, right? So like you get to one end, there's a door you can walk through and get to the other car, just open, close the door and open up the other door. You're not supposed to do that while the train is moving. Nobody stops you. I mean, people do it often enough. Um, I think most sane people are just like, well, I'm just going to wait until the train stops and go out the side door on the platform and go into the next car if I really need to move cars. But some people, mostly teens and uh, uh, people begging for money um, who are down on their luck, usually just walk between cars while the train is moving. I think it's insane. I, I don't I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. Like people do it all the time, but you know, my mind instantly races to like, what if I get my foot stuck between the two cars and I just trip and fall right over the side, and get run over by the fucking train. That's a horrible way to go out. I'm just saying. So if that ever happens, you should not feel bad for me. Uh, cause that means I was really stupid. Um, anyway, so this guy gets up and he walks to the car door and he opens the door and he steps outside. And he's just standing there while the train's riding along. Like, we're, we're just going down the track. It's just moving. The guy's just standing there. And I'm like, oh, my God. The first thing that popped in my head was, is this guy going to jump? Like, do I need to prepare, be prepared? Do I need to prepare myself to, like, try and do something? to like? I, I don't know that I would anyways. I mean, because I would be just, like, motionless. I wouldn't know what to do. I think if I started to see him, like, maybe climb up. The, the railing there I might like jump up and like run out the door I would like to think that I would try and stop him right but for a split second there I'm sitting there watching the, I'm like looking at this guy and I'm like oh my god he's he's contemplating jumping off the fucking train and ending his life this is insane and I'm like I I was faced with his mortality I was faced with my own mortality I was faced with like am I a good person what am I gonna do I mean what what is going on here And I'm sitting there looking at him for about 10 seconds, just really contemplating this, like all these kinds of thoughts are running through my head, which again, probably says a lot more about me than it does about the guy. Like, you know, maybe I'm just a depressed person. I just think of doom and gloom all the time. Maybe I need to seek help, which I am. But anyway, that's not the point. He's standing there. And after about 10, 15, maybe 20 seconds, I realize, oh my God. This guy's just taking a piss off the side of the train. He's just standing there taking a piss while the train is moving, which is kind of brilliant. If you think about it, like you really got to go, like you know, just pee on the tracks because they're right there. And like, it's just going to spray away and like, nobody's going to really notice. It won't stink the car up or anything. People have done way worse inside the car. So he was actually kind enough to go. Yeah, he knew he had to go. He knew his bodily functions and he, he knew what his body was capable of and what it had to do at that moment. He stood up, walked out between the cars, took a piss. And it didn't really fully occur to me until he came back in and was still putting his dick in his pants. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right, that, this is weird. Uh, so he sits down and he's putting his junk away. And I'm just like trying not to look because it's it's awkward. Um, anyway, that was, I've never actually had that happen. And you would think like this is like people have to pee all the time in New York, right? There's no, there's no bathroom in the subway. You would think that this would be a common occurrence. People would just, I'm thankful it's not. Uh but it's it seems like a thing that you would think would happen more often. Um uh, thankfully it doesn't. So guy gets up, goes to take a leak, comes back, sits down in the car, went back to doing whatever he was doing. A couple people more got you know, got on the train, rode a couple more stops, got off and went to work. But that stuck with me. I just how often do you have firsts like that in the city? I it just the other thing about it is it's not like You have firsts, right? But they're not really always great firsts. Like the first time you see a guy pissing between two cars in a train, that's not a great thing to remember. I forget all kinds of really good things. Why does this stick in my head? Why am I tortured by my own brain and have to live with these kinds of thoughts? It's not fair to me. I'm doing it to myself, but it's not fair, damn it. Um, Anyway, these are the fun things about living in New York. It is it is what it is. You know, There's it's the, little, it's the little things. It's the little moments in life that really get you going. Uh, it was an interesting thing. I, I just thought I would share that with you guys and gals. It's nothing. It's really nothing. Somebody took a piss. Really, I could have summed that whole story up really quickly and just said, oh, yeah, somebody took a piss the other morning. But, like, then I wouldn't have had this whole eight-minute ramble, and I would have actually had to talk to you about basketball content one night. See, see, there's a plan. Anyway, coming right up, Shamik Mohile is going to – guest us again with his presence and you can follow him at uh piston powered and on the um two gods and a goose podcast and uh he's a great guest he's very knowledgeable we're going to talk a lot about the pistons and what happened with their playoff hopes and their season we're going to talk about kawaii we're going to talk about other favorites going into the playoffs and you know just mill around a bit um it should be fun stick around hang out enjoy the conversation and after these messages. We'll be right back. Oh, why didn't I record that? See, now I'm recording. <laughs> I was just saying that, Sham, that, uh, yeah, I'm not feeling great. So I'm drinking some whiskey to try and kill all the germs in me. And you just mentioned I should drink some. What was it Jaeger? Jaeger. I love Jaeger. Oh, you're Black licorice st- tasting. You're oh, love it. Sick, man. you don't like black licorice i love black licorice i just don't like drinking it but there's just
1: nothing better than like a cold shot of jaeger
0: actually you're yeah it's okay you know what the thing about jaeger is it reminds me of college and when i used to get wasted on the wrong stuff and just end up like regretting it for the rest of my life but jaeger is the right stuff (sighs) It's, it's definitely not the wrong stuff (laughs) <laughs> I I disagree. I, I mean, you know what? You can say the same thing about whiskey. I can't tell you the number of times that I've gotten wasted on whiskey when I was in college and lived to regret it. But I still drink whiskey. So what are you going to do? Shane, I can drink tequila. Oh, oh tequila's is rough, dude. I mean, it's you know, worst. listen, there's this place near us that they make this amazing jalapeno margarita with tequila in it. is it good oh it's so good it's so like it's refreshing and spicy and and just uh, a little bit tangy and it's very like they put the sugar around the edge and or was it sugar or salt i don't even remember i'm not feeling well (laughs) 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 i'm just gonna i'm gonna sit here and wax poetic about drinks i like to drink um welcome to the superflate again thanks for having me on appreciate it coming on of course of course um, <clears throat> I thought, you know, there's a couple reasons I wanted you to come on a, and we'll get into it. Uh, was because, you know, my team knocked your team out of the playoffs last night and I'm not gloating. I'm not gloating. I mean, I, li- I might be gloating a little bit, but it's not even that it's more about Stan van and we'll talk about it. But the other, the other thing was, I just like talking to you. So welcome on.
1: I appreciate it. Even though your team knocked me out and I'm I'm now entering the five stages of grief, <laughs>
0: Let's we'll talk about it. But first, tell everybody where they can find you and and where they can listen to your podcast, Two Gods and a Goose.
1: Yes. Um, so you can follow my work. Um, PistonPower.com is where I write my pieces. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm the editor over there. You can follow me on Twitter at Sham Sham God. That's at Sham with two Ms. God, kind of like the dribble move. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. My podcast, which had debuted in 2018, Two Gods and a Goose," we're just a bunch of nonsense, but you can listen to that on on iTunes and Stitcher.
0: Cool. And what a what a good time to get into podcasting because like nobody else is doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> there are like thousands of podcasts. Thousands. Around. Can you? Hey, you know, like seriously, like even three years ago, like I started this podcast almost three years ago. I guess there were there were very. I mean, there were just like a few more were starting to come up when i started this one and now man it's like there are i mean just type in basketball and you're gonna find a billion podcasts it's its impossible to sift through all of them
1: yeah it's but that's kind of the reasoning behind like the crazy name like two gods and a goose its it's just something that you're gonna remember and nobody really knows what it means but it sticks and we're getting some pretty good guests on like you were on episode two or three. The best guest, and then we had your co-host on, the, <laughs> Snotty Dripping. The, the the least guest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he started off just f bomb, f bomb, oh, yeah. f bomb, and we had to like bleep it. I mean, we don't care if you swear, but it was just funny if we bleeped it out. Yeah,
0: it's, it's way funnier. That dude does not give a fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're referring to Znotty Drippin. We do another podcast together, The Dunktails. In case you guys don't know it, listen to that one, too, or whatever. It's fine. Um, Sham, let's talk. You know what? Before we get into the Pistons and uh, how depressing it is that they traded for Blake Griffin and all that, and they're out of the playoffs, let's talk about Kyrie. So Kyrie it just came out today. He's out for the rest, uh, <clears throat> for the remainder of the season, plus all of the playoffs, because apparently he's got an infection in the two screws in his knee from the from the injury in 2015 when they put screws in his kneecap Um, I mean it seems fitting because like this season has been nothing but crazy injuries right they had Markel Fultz which I don't even know if that was an injury but Isaiah that that's just a lingering injury that's just like nobody really knows what's going on there and if you want to talk about really crazy injuries what is up with Kawhi which we'll also talk about Kawhi and then to make it even worse Markel Foltz comes back and <laughs> injures him face with his same shoulder. So it yep. seems pretty fitting that that Kyrie would be out for the remainder of the season with uh, an infection in his knee. I mean it sucks, but do you have any thoughts about this? Do you think do you think Boston actually has any shot? <clears throat> excuse me, any shot at all now?
1: Well, I want to just kind of start off by saying like the NBA season started with a with a huge Boston injury. Mm-hmm. Six minutes in, Hayward's leg, you know, turned the other way around and He's still, you know, running and whatever. And all the Boston fans that think that he's gonna come back this season, give it up. Yeah. He's not gonna come back. Oh well, we saw him running, uh, you know, up and down the court. Fine, but that's not that's not basketball. No. So let's just let's just put that aside. And with that said, I think the Celtics are can can make a run, like you know, try their hardest this season. But in reality, they should really be gearing up for next season you know that's probably one of the reasons why they decided to kind of sit Kyrie out and not like rush him back from whatever and mm-hmm. and you know Hayward will be back next year, Tatum will be another year older, Brown will be another year older, you know, Marcus Smart if they decide to bring him back, you know, he'll be back, Horford will be refined and and I just feel like that team is really geared for like a finals run next year. So whether they make a run or not this year, I don't know if it really if they should really, you know, place too much weight into it because they have been pretty injury-riddled, just like my Pistons.
0: Yeah, it's true. It is it is crazy. I forgot all about I mean, I didn't forget about the the Hayward injury, but the fact that it happened the very first – six minutes into the season. Six minutes. <laughs> and now they end the season. Yeah, that's crazy. And now they end the season with Kyrie's injury. And, like, the funny thing is, too, man, there was, like, two huge signings in the offseason. Everyone was thinking, holy shit, this team is going to be really good. And both of those guys – you know Kyrie played most of the season, but and the other thing is, I don't even know. I honestly don't think it's a matter of shutting him down for the end of the season. I really think that, like, if your knee is is infected, dude, get that taken care of. You do not want that turning of into course. like gangrene or or something crazy and like having your of knee course. fall off. That that would be awful. Um, but did you did you see his uh, did you see his Instagram post? I
1: did, and it was probably something.
0: It's it's profound. It's so profound. <laughs> he's in it. He's, he's like, uh, hold on. Let me, the journey back to the top of Mount Everest continues quote unquote. And then hashtag standing rock Sioux tribe. Let's go Celtics. What? And I'm looking up standing rock Sioux tribe on, on Instagram. I'm like what, what is going on? <laughs> I don't even understand what the, like you think, you think you're native American now and you're trying to fight the oil, the oil pipeline is, I don't, I don't understand where you make the connection. He is so. Well, this kind of all started. Yeah, but yeah, but this all kind of started
1: with like you know, was it last year or maybe the year before where he went vegan and then his whole mindset changed and became a flat earther. This just kind of uh, it kind of fits the bill for Kyrie Irving right now. Yeah. So I'm not really surprised that he has a uh, a very profound and and interesting and uh, you know just strange Instagram post.
0: Yeah, it's really strange. I I encourage everyone to go out and read it. I mean, it's like, you know, listen, I'm not going to be one of those guys that is shitting on Kyrie because he got injured. That sucks. Anybody who's making fun of Kyrie or or like gloating in the fact that a player got injured, even if it is the Celtics, that's just bullshit. You guys, you know, knock it off. That's 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 horrible. Yeah, stop stop being a horrible human being. You know, you don't root for people to get injured. That's like that's like if I met a guy on the street and I, I was like, dude, I hope you get fired today. Just, just cause I just hope, I hope you lose your livelihood and and just cause I'm a shitty person. It's just like, why would you do that? Stop rooting for injuries. It's horrible. Um, well, let's take a detour there because you mentioned getting fired, and I had a, <laughs> I had a an April Fool's, um, oh yeah, April Wait, Fool's I don't, joke I don't want to get there yet. I don't want to get there oh, yet. Okay, okay, okay. All right, Stop. Okay. You're okay. jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. <laughs> we're jumping. Okay, okay. Because I have to make fun of myself for falling for your April Fool's joke. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, my my point was going to be: listen, it sucks for the Celtics, and I don't know. I don't. I don't. I honestly didn't think even with Kyrie that they were gonna get to the conference finals. Because I still think it's going to be Toronto and and Cleveland, but I don't know. They've been outperforming the, the the cast they've had on this team all season, and you have to give Brad Stevens a lot of credit for that. Do you think Do you think he's like in the coach Coach of the Year candidate running? Uh, yeah,
1: no, I would say so. And I think with all these injuries, and if the team still remains to be competitive, you know, throughout the the rest of the regular season, I I think he does have a very strong case. I personally wouldn't vote for him. I think Dwayne Casey has yeah has done an incredible job with the roster that he has, which is essentially the same same gang on on on, you know, for the for the starters, but then it's completely transformed the bench and made them one of the most potent bench units in the NBA. So that's where my vote goes, but I I honestly wouldn't be upset if Brad Stevens won. I wouldn't consider it, you know, out of this world.
0: Yeah, fair. Um, you know, and for the Celtics fans, listen, uh you guys have had a great season. And the weird thing is, like, you know, Celtics fans are not really known for their measured takes. They're not really known for, like, <laughs> being calm and cool and collected, much like Sixers fans. Um, but for some reason, like, ever since Hayward went out, I think the, the general feeling among the fan base has just been like, it's okay, this isn't our year. Like, it's, it's cool. And I think everybody's pretty cool and level-headed about their playoff hopes and chances in Boston. Which makes me think, is this the end times... <laughs> Is this a sign of the end? Are like we really gonna die?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean Boston has a shot I mean, with 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 Brad Stevens as coach. You never really know what he can bring out. Maybe Terry Rozier, you know, just becomes a star and maybe he
0: usurps Kyrie Irving as their starting point guard in Boston. I mean, who knows? That's that's who gonna lot, but Yeah, no, yeah, but but who knows? I love Terry Rozier, dude. I think that guy. I, I'm with Boston fans on this one. I I. I don't he's think good. he's over. It. He's so good. I love him. He's very good. He, he's all his, those point
1: guards are good in, in Boston. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. And it's not like it's not like he's benefiting from the quote unquote system there. He he's just that good. He's just balling out, man. Um you know, he's athletic as fuck. And even for a little guy, he he just darts around and like he can shoot. Mm-hmm. He's just and he he plays with heart. He's a, he's a smart a, guy. He's a smart guy. Well that's the thing too about the Boston team. They're all seemingly really smart guys all right anyway enough about boston i had to give boston some love because i shit on him all the time especially <laughs> ha- having another podcast with a boston celtics fan
1: <laughs> but I have yeah to give credit where credit is due you know
0: totally it does you know it does suck for for Kyrie, but hopefully he comes back and you know i the the, the most disappointing thing for me is like you can, it's hard to make fun of a guy when he's out injured so i can't even pick on him because he's has all these stupid takes i feel bad <laughs> Well, not, we can make fun of his,
1: of, like of his takes and his Instagram posts, but I'm not going to make fun of his knee or anything
0: like that. You know, just there's a, there's a certain line. Fair enough. So speaking of making fun of people, this is your opportunity to tell everyone <laughs> what a dumbass I am. <laughs> tell them about your full April Fool's joke that I actually fell for.
1: So, so if you don't know already, I run the PistonPower.com Twitter, Twitter account. And on April 1st, which is April Fool's day, I had tweeted out Stan Van Gundy relieved as head coach and president of basketball president of basketball operations of the Detroit Pistons. And I and I kind of let that linger for like maybe like an hour or so just as a tweet and then I I I said like story to follow. And so then I quickly typed up like a little little post and the joke was centered around the word relieved because Reggie Jackson had just come back from injury and the team was playing pretty well at the time. And so, I said he was relieved as head coach because, man, I mean, wouldn't you be relieved if your starting point guard came back?
0: Yes, I would.
1: <laughs> but a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people, including some pretty like important big accounts, kind of came after me. It was like, it's not funny to make fun of somebody's job and whatever. You know, he he may actually get fired. But you know what? First of all. I don't care. First of all, I like,
0: mean, I, mean, I,
1: I just honestly don't care because these guys are paid millions of dollars. Yeah. They're coaching a team. They're under the same level of scrutiny as everybody else. How many times have those same people said, Oh, you know, we should try and trade away this guy for a bag of peanuts or it's, it's the same. It's the same argument. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, these, these accounts came after me, it's not funny, whatever. And then when the story came out, it was like like a oh damn, he got me. Yeah. Kind of
0: moment, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll bet the same people that were pissed at you were the same people that fell for it. Luckily for me, like I didn't have I didn't actually have time to retweet it or reply to it or anything. I didn't even realize it was you. I just saw it like I saw it, I glanced <laughs> it's a at it. Account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I saw and somebody else retweeted it and people were retweeting. I was like, oh that sucks. And I would I, I think I was at work at that time, so I didn't really pay attention to it. And then you did me a favor the other night and got on with me and James just to test some recording stuff. I was like, yo, dude, what's up with the this? <laughs> Stan Van <Gundy> got fired. <laughs> You're like, no, I started that. I was like, oh, shit.
1: <laughs> so I got you. Yeah, that's good. You got me. I'm April happy Fools. now.
0: That's the, that's the first time I've been had on April Fool's since last year.
1: <laughs> I mean, I got a stupid number of of page views on that post i mean it was on i i, I put me 15 minutes of work into that post and i got like thirty six thousand views
0: oh wow holy shit yeah, that's right? awesome dude
1: i mean there are times when our entire site gets that many views per month so it's like that that was insane and it, it really like went viral and I, and I and i wasn't expecting to get that many people with it because i was the only person to say something about it so but i guess that blue check mark works wonders Yeah, um, i
0: guess it does you're up you're up there with the walmart kid now oh boy (laughs) you know what i'm talking about yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i just feel too old when i see that kind of stuff like why is this popular
0: Uh, the walmart kid yeah like just he's just yodeling and
1: dude have you mm. watched it (laughs) i watched it of course i watched it it's just like (laughs) It's, it's whatever i don't understand why it blew up to the point it did you know
0: because he's good but you know what my favorite part of it is like all, all all the people that are doing mixes of it there's some good mixes out there there's like some house mixes and like <laughs> it's 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 pretty hilarious stuff it's definitely gonna make its way into the club yeah yeah <laughs> probably will make its way into see i'm too old for that i'll never be able to report back on you i haven't i haven't been in a club in fucking what year is it um Anyway, so it's a good thing we're laughing. <laughs> Tell me about the playoffs for the Detroit Pistons. What what happened this season, man? I mean, was it just injuries? Yeah. Do you think it was just I mean, injuries? It wasn't it had nothing to do with Stan Van Gundy like not coaching the guys he has properly or No, it's
1: I mean, it's it's a little bit of everything. But I think the the tipping point in the season was the revolving door of injuries that this team had gone through. I mean, it it started off you know, we, we we actually started off pretty well. We, you know, beat Golden State, we beat Houston, we mm-hmm. beat Portland, we beat all these these giants. Still couldn't beat the Sixers. but
0: We'll <laughs> talk about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, we were beating all these giants, and the, the team was looking good. Avery Bradley was looking like he, you know, we were starting to capitalize on the, the trade that we had made over the offseason. And... You know, we started to think like, hey, maybe this team can can make a run in the playoffs. You know, we, uh, Reggie Jackson was healthy. Andre Drummond looked like a new man, which I called by the way. Um, Tobias Harris was hitting threes at a, in, at a at a ridiculous clip, and slowly over time, people just started getting injured. Started with Stanley Johnson. He was in and out of the of the lineup for like a month with a, some hip flexor injury. Mm-hmm. And then Avery Bradley's groin, you know, kind of ruined our December. And at the same time in December, we were going through well, a don't, tough Western Conference.
0: Don't feel bad, Avery Bradley's groin ruined. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, lots, yeah. lots of Decembers, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna cut that part out. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, it yeah. It, so yeah, so just people just started getting injured. And then like the like the final tipping point was on December 26th when. Reggie Jackson came down on Miles Turner's ankle and had that grade three sprain, which is the worst ankle sprain you can you can have aside from, you know, a, like a broken ankle. So at that point, you started to run a, a, a lineup with Tobias Harris as the main focal point in offense, and that's not what this team was built to be like. And so he, he started to struggle on offense, and the team was just looking so stale. Ish Smith was running point, and if you don't know Ish Smith, I'm sure you do, because he was a sixer. He yes, can't sir. really shoot threes. No. No, he cannot. So that kind of limited the spacing, and so everything—so the offense really struggled. And then the Blake Griffin trade happened, and we were given a little bit of an injection of life. Mm-hmm. And we won a few games. Granted, they were against Memphis and, I think, a, a depleted Miami team uh, pre, pre-Wade trade— and then the same the same issues kind of resurfaced cuz now instead of Tobias Harris leading the offense you had Blake Griffin and that's all fine and dandy with Tobias Harris because you still have money on the books you can move things around you have financial flexibility but with Blake Griffin you're locked in for until 2022 with this guy and I mean, he's getting paid one sixth of a billion dollars to play for the Detroit Pistons. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ! When you put it like that, <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: I saw that on Twitter,
0: um, oh and I God. was
1: just like, "Oh my God."
0: Well, let me ask you: Were you a fan of the Blake Gr- Blake Griffin trade when it happened? I was not. You were not. Okay, so you were one of the few because I think most people were pretty high on it. And there were, you know, I was kind of split, man. I I felt like. At one hand, you know, on one hand, Blake Griffin is still a really good player. I I don't know yes. how much of of that playing ability is still left in him. He's not even old. I just like he's twenty eight. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, he's in his prime right now. I think what it yes. is for me is that like you never get to see a full season of him to actually realize that yes that playing potential. Not even potential, but what we what we know he has realized in the past. In twenty fifteen, I think it was, he was the best player in the playoffs. Like. He then doesn't just go away overnight. Um, so I could see like it was an okay gamble in, in certain ways, but that contract scares the crap out of me. And now he's he's injured again. I don't know how much of it is just due to the fact that, you know, they they want to just get the best pick they can. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. They're in One that, pick. That, right, exactly. No pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no pick. So I guess he's really injured. Yeah, but, there's no, yeah. Wait, That's who just has it. your pick? I don't even know this.
1: It was, it was part of that trade, so the Clippers had our oh, first-round pick.
0: Right, right. So they traded the pick, and Tobias Harris, and what else? And Avery Bradley, and, and Bobon. Yeah. Ugh, dude. Yeah. Not- Honestly, Bolbon was the—that's well, the person
1: I want back, because he—
0: Why? Like, they never played much, him.
1: Uh, yeah, but—so but, even if there were no crowds at you know, Little Caesars Arena, where the, where the Pistons mm-hmm. play— people came to see boban cuz boban he has a fo- he has a weird cult following and even if you weren't a fan of the, t- the of the pistons and what they were doing on the on the court you could just look at boban and yeah. like everything was
0: just okay you're like hey at least we have bob on yeah that's true he's just this big goofy guy who just like loves life and he's i don't know that kind of attitude is infectious did you see him did you see those videos of him riding the goat golf cart or not golf cart, the go-kart yeah yeah yeah, yep yep yeah it's it's amazing and he's down there with the clippers dancing in the on the court before the game like come on dude how do you not want that guy on your team
1: he makes deandre jordan look really really
0: small seriously that like is really a small. giant man because DeAndre Jordan is not small. He's a big no. dude. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Anyway, yeah. So, well, you know, speaking of injuries, do, do you think that that buys Stan Van Gundy some time? I mean, because this isn't the team he tried to put together, really. They haven't had their full roster. But then again, like, you know, they don't have a bench. He could have gotten a better bench since he's the GM and president and head of basketball operations or whatever the hell he is. He could have bolstered his bench a little bit. He could have done other things peripherally to help build the team, to get them in a better position to win, like get some depth on that team. And I know it's hard because there are 30 teams in the league trying to do the exact same thing, except for maybe the Magic, who just don't know what the fuck they're doing. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the Kings... They started hey, it over every, like every
1: three years. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> every three. Try every year. Like, oh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's tear it down again. Um, do you think the idea that that he didn't have his full roster buys him a little time, or do you think maybe his job is really on the line this, this year?
1: So I know that he has one year left on his contract, uh-huh. um, as coach and president of whatever. So the theory in a lot of people's minds in the Detroit Pistons circles is that he will at least ride out the rest of his contract. But at the same time with that Griffin trade, he's kind of created a team that that extends beyond just that year. So so now you're thinking, oh, well, OK, so if he rides out this year of his contract and let's say it doesn't work out, but the team is still essentially locked into place, do you bring another coach to to kind of make the most of what you got here or what do you do? So in my opinion, what should happen is that um, he needs to be stripped of his GM, president of basketball operations duties. And and I know and, and actually a lot of people think that he's been a better GM than he has been a coach which I think is, is kind of wrong because they just look at the trades and like, oh, will we fleece the Magic for Tobias Harris? And will we fleeced, um, we fleeced the Suns for, for for Marcus Morris? And we were able to get Avery Bradley and not have to pay Casey. So like all of these things are fine and dandy, but they came into place because one, these teams were, were inept at GM duties like the Magic. Or the Pistons kind of took advantage of bad situations where, you know, in Boston they had signed Gordon Hayward and then they were they were strapped for cash and so they had to start moving pieces and then that's where Avery Bradley came into play. And then Marcus Morris, he had a rift in, like with the Suns and then we kind of capitalized through a, a second round pick and got Reggie Bullock out of it who's been awesome for the Pistons mm-hmm. and Marcus Morris. So I don't think he's been that great at that. There's been the drafting that the Pistons fans just want to continue to kind of harp on. I don't think it's 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 necessarily that fair, but that's something that they do consider. You know, passing up Donovan Mitchell and then passing up Devin Booker the year like two years prior. So I think he needs to be stripped from that. Now the question is whether he'd be amenable to to that stripping. Right. As to whether he would just stay as coach altogether and one of the reasons why he chose Detroit over Golden State, which is actually funny to think about in hindsight, that he was actually <laughs> just was, that sentence was, is pretty damn hilarious. <laughs> and 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 honestly, he was the front runner for that job, if you remember. I don't. That's crazy. I do not. Remember. He was. He was. And, and the Pistons like threw a threw a hail mary at him and were like, "Oh well, we'll give you the president of basketball operations job as well." And he's like, "Well, I love like autonomy," and he took it. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love autonomy? Yeah. And now in hindsight, the dude's like going to be out of the league. If if you know he gets canned and then the Golden State Warriors will be shooting for their fourth title in five years. So, or third third and fourth. Third four.
0: title in four years. Third four. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: They've they've won so many it feels like it's four.
0: Uh, it's only two. <laughs> 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 but yeah, two so four. What's it? Yeah, it's just say yeah, it was the difference. It's, it's going to be
1: three this year anyway. Yeah. So
0: ah, uh, don't bet on that. Um, uh, it's going to. We'll talk hard. about that. It's going to be three. <laughs> it is <gonna> be three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's, you're right. Absolutely. You're right. I can't think of a, the last time a coach GM, I can't think of any time a coach GM was, cause honestly, my memory is awful. <laughs> they were successful in being both. Like, it's just not a position that should be in the league. It, you know, you, you're, you're essentially working against yourself doing both of these positions. You yeah. on one hand have to be the GM who has to make roster moves with, things in mind. Like you can't, you can't be too close to the guys. You have to, you have to look at it with a a mind for business or for like just putting the right pieces in place and make seeing what makes most sense. You have to do it, you know, with, with analytics, if you're smart enough and you have to do it with your eye test and both of those things combined, you have to, you know, you really have to know what you're doing. You have to have some acumen for this kind of thing. And as a coach, you have to have a whole completely different set of skills. You need to be in the locker room with your guys, coaching them up. And if you're sitting there as a GM, and you're you're, you're you know that you're going to trade a guy, but you still have to bring him into the the film room and coach him up, like it's just got to be really difficult. And it's
1: awkward. It's with the, awkward. Like, with, the, with the team chemistry, it's very awkward.
0: And if they know it, if they get it, if they hear anything about it, like. They're like, this is my coach. He's trying to trade my ass. Like, it's it's different when you're you have a wall built around you by the GM position. Like there you there's a bit of a buffer, right? I mean, I'm not saying the GM can't be friendly with the guys in the court. And I'm not saying he shouldn't be hands on because you know Sam hinkey really was. Um, I always go back to Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you need that buffer. You need to be able to to uh, you know parse up the things separately. And I, like he did an okay job as a GM but i just don't think that that's a position that should really exist it's too much for starters like how can you possibly expect to do a really good job as a coach if you're also concerned with doing everything as a gm i don't think you can give either one of those things your full attention so it's just it's i understand why you would want to do it the autonomy the idea that you don't have anybody over you and you can't they're not going to be telling you which guys you can bring in and call the shots and tell you that your guys are gone when you really like them on your team I get all that. I just don't think that's that's a position that should really exist in the NBA anymore. And you're right. I absolutely think he should be at least stripped of the GM title. But I mean, we'll see. I think it might buy him a little bit of time as a as a coach just because he hasn't had the roster that was constructed. So, and really in the offseason, I thought they would make I thought they would be pushing for the playoffs this season. I really did. The first year he came in the coach, they they got into the playoffs and they took it to Miami for a whole four games and they look great in all four of them. Cleveland, Cleveland, not Miami. Sorry, I'm Cleveland. sorry, Cleveland. Oh my god, I, yeah. did, I did it again. <laughs> the other LeBron team. <laughs> yeah, I know they're interchangeable. Whatever. It's LeBron and everybody he plays with, so it doesn't really matter what team it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but what do you think's next, man? I mean, what? what where do they go from here?
1: So I, I would say draft well, but that kind of is out the out the window now. Well, so so now what you do?
0: Second round picks at all?
1: Yeah, we have a second round pick. Just one. Just one.
0: Oof. Okay.
1: But, but honestly, like this team isn't in a position like they're already they're already 10 deep. And any any second round pick isn't gonna add to the rotation anyway or really make an immediate impact. So I'm not really that concerned about that pick for the short term. But I think what needs to happen is the Pistons need to figure out what they have right now. Okay. So figure out is Anthony Tolliver, who's a free agent this offseason, is he going to be a part of the long-term plans? Because I think he should. He's an amazing shooter. He's taken strides this year at age 31, 32. Mm-hmm. And he's been one of the best role players in the NBA. Reggie Bullock, figure out what you're going to do with him because net, at the end of next year, he's no longer going to be on that $2.5 million cheap contract. He's going to be demanding a lot more. And, and as we see and as we will see this, this summer, 3 and D wings are a premium in the NBA. And mm-hmm. they go for a lot of money. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. So just figure out who's going to be part of this long-term plans. Um, is, is, is Luke Kennard going to be the backup shooting guard, or is he going to be the starting shooting guard? Um, is, is, what are you doing with Stanley Johnson? Like Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a, a just a, a jitterbug off the bench and just be electric off the bench? What are you going to do? So this, these are questions that need to be answered in the offseason if this team wants to remain competitive. And also... The biggest thing is how do you, how do you play Griffin and Drummond together? Right. Because Griffin is very good, and Drummond making, has, has, has made his, his game, like very very refined over the past year. He's in, he's he's passed more. His free throw shooting has gotten better. So much better. So and we also yes. forget how young he is. He's only like twenty four, right? Yeah, he's only twenty four. It's insane. So you figure out, okay, how do you play them together? And I know Pistons fans don't want to hear this, but if they if they can't play together, the guy that's got to go is Andre Drummond because he's the guy who holds trade value.
0: Yeah. Well, not only that, I mean they won't be able to trade Blake. They're kind of stuck. No, exact. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, so so that's kind of where I'm at, and it's just like kind of just just kind of figure out what you have. And Henry Ellenson, he's he we drafted him at 17 or 18, like late like late teens or something like that mm-hmm. and he's been floating in and out of the g league for the past two or three years so is he gonna eventually come and be a part of the rotation so
0: i questions. I, I wouldn't i wouldn't hold out for that one <laughs> yeah a if, lot of, yeah i if he's been floating he's in and out of the defense. g league for the last two or three years i think you might have your answer already but he's only 22 so Oh, that's fair. You know Robert Covington. Listen, everything I talk about has it revolves around the Sixers. So Robert Covington actually was undrafted, and you know they got him, they picked him up from the G League, and uh, he's he's
1: a and really he's good, good
0: pro. Yeah. So I mean, it can happen. You're right. I, I shouldn't be so quick to judge Henry Ellenson, but but I did. So there we go. And I'm I'm, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> so no, he just can't play
1: defense. That's the issue. His, his offensive game is like NBA. NBA ready. He just he cannot move his feet. He's like a he's like a tree on defense.
0: That's not good. I wanted yeah. to ask. So I, I I quickly tweeted out if anybody had any questions for us since you were coming on the podcast. We got <laughs> <laughs> if I see you think I would have loaded this up before I started speaking to you, but hold on, I got like one from David Fernandez, who I love. Oh, um, oh boy! Yeah, he he asked about. Um, what was his question? He Here's his question for you. It was, are you going to start making hashtag start crying t-shirts? I don't know what that okay. means. Tell me about okay. the hashtag start crying.
1: So there's a beat writer in Detroit. He writes for the Detroit News, Rod Beard. If you, if you don't follow him already, follow him. Didn't you
0: have him on your uh, podcast? Red I did, James? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yes, he's the one who got stuck on the roof and missed a game because of it. <laughs> So we had talked about that but anyway so he has started a movement a while back when he used to cover university of michigan basketball called hashtag start writing and the whole movement behind that was he had to have the game recap up like as soon as the the final buzzer sounds and so at a certain point in the game you have to start writing the like the recap mm-hmm. so it's it's now become like a like a like a nationwide hashtag for other beat writers around the nba and even in the nfl and whatever and so whenever the pistons are about to lose or win or you know if the the game is out of reach or whatever he always says like the score whatever hashtag start writing and that's when you know that's the call to be like okay i could turn the game off or okay this game is now out of reach and we're either going to win or lose the the game is decided right so so I've kind of taken a little detour from that. And so when the season so when our when our season was officially over, I started the start crying movement because, you know, why you would you not? Cry. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm a Sixers fan. I've been there many, many years. Yeah. As so ta-
1: I'm trying to get that off the ground.
0: I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you. How, has it taken okay. off? Okay.
1: Um, it's, it's, it's taken off in the Piston circles. It hasn't really gone national yet, but that can change.
0: All right. All right. So you're going to be up there with the uh, Walmart kid again with your, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go viral. am <laughs> going to go viral. <laughs> Hashtag start crying. All right. Hashtag let me start. Crying. Let's, let's talk about some other, not related to Detroit Pistons news. Um, have you been following the Kawhi saga? This, this is the most bizarre thing that's happened in the NBA this season. I say that because Mark Kelfolds is actually playing again. I have. I, So, I, I have a very, like, bland
1: opinion about it. Go ahead. I think I, all, all of those rumors and crazy talk coming from San Antonio, I feel like it was a lot of stuff taken out of context. And I, I feel like people are trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, especially when you get with San Antonio and how, how guarded they are with their information. So, as mm-hmm. soon as you get something, you're going to start speculating and using things out of context. And so, people get excited. So... I don't know how much truth there is necessarily to the whole, like, oh, he's not talking to us or he's, you know, he's not actually injured or just whatever nonsense is coming out. Right. I think he genuinely is hurt. And if he if he if he wasn't, he'd be playing basketball. And, you know, if if the Isaiah Thomas saga didn't you know, taught us anything, it's that you need to take care of yourself before anybody else. And it was clear that he came back too soon and injured himself in Cleveland and kind of ruined his entire, pretty much his entire career because he was lined up to get a max or near max contract. And now he, I I don't know what kind of contract he's going to get now. So Isaiah, you mean? Yeah. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. yeah. What did I say?
0: No, I've just, just I'm just clarifying clarifying. for the listeners, for for all two of my listeners. Yes. Oh yeah. We're on a podcast. Okay. Uh,
1: (laughs) 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 But yeah, so that's, so that's my opinion on the thing. There've been talks about him, you know, potentially being floated in trade rumors. And honestly, if you were another team and you heard all this nonsense, why wouldn't you make a call? Oh yeah, I, I mean,
0: why not? He's a top five player in the league. Yeah, I mean, here's my thing about it. I, you know, it's really hard to figure out what is going on. But there's, there's so much talk about there's this like where there's smoke, there's typically fire. And I just think that like at first, for the longest time, I felt that. You know, it's it's probably just BS around Kawhi. He's really injured, and I still believe he probably is injured. And I I think both things can be true. Um, you know that he is injured and that he probably wants out. Because of all the things we're hearing now, it just seems like it's. This happens every season, right? We started hearing about Kawhi last year, and we're like, oh, what? Kawhi wants out, and then all of a sudden, Kawhi's is traded. You know, it's. I mean, that was that was a really quick thing, but like. Oh, I'm sorry Kyrie. Not Kawhi, not Kawhi. Kyrie. Oh jeez. some news on here. <laughs> the other guy. That, yeah, the other the other <laughs> Kyrie Kyrie not Kawhi. I knew I was going to do that. Yeah, so Kyrie did the same thing, right? And, like it happens every year. Remember when um LeBron just left and went back to Cleveland? It was, yeah. it it just like all of a sudden you're just like, "Oh, there's there's rumors happening and boom, he's gone." You're like, "What the fuck just happened?" Um Actually, I don't know if that's a good analogy. Nobody really saw that one coming. (laughs) But I don't know, man. Like, this happens every year. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge was unhappy in in Portland. And Boogie was unhappy in... in, Where the hell was he? The Kings? Sacramento, (laughs) yeah. Sacramento. I knew there was a city there somewhere. Um, You know, it happens every year. People are unhappy and they talk about getting traded. And the next thing you know, they're usually traded. So I I don't know. I I think that uh, it may not happen. But it might. I think there's something there. To, if he does, fun to get, speculate. It, yeah, let's speculate. Where do you think he would? What do you think would be a good destination for him? So I wrote a piece on, on
1: NBA.com uh, with Josh Abbruzzese and, and a bunch of other writers, and that that question was posed to me, and, and I and I have a I have an answer that you're gonna love. Okay, go ahead. Because I think I think he'd be awesome with the Sixers. See, that, I said
0: this exact same
1: thing on Monday. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I mean that defense would be unstoppable. Can Dude. you imagine having you know Ben Simmons, Kawhi Leonard and Embiid as the core of your
0: team and I, I I mean you can defend at every single level. Every single level. Oh, you know what? And not only that, think about this. Then Robert Covington, you could put him out actually at power forward where he's probably best suited and he's an incredible wing defender like you might have to trade him to get Kawhi though shut the hell up <laughs> you, can't, you, can, you just can't have Kawhi. no no this is this <laughs> this is how this works in my head this is going to keep the whole band to together the whole team <laughs> <laughs> look whatever don't don't bring reality into a good story or however that thing goes
1: <laughs> i think i actually floated out the idea of dario Saric being traded with a bunch of picks
0: yeah and but, I, yeah that's the thing too like I love Dario I think Dario is an a he's a great player he's really good, he's so good, but he's really slow of foot and he's a very specific type of player. he'll punish you inside, and he'll definitely get rebounds and he's so crafty with the ball, but he's very limited in his athletic ability, so you can't put him out on an island, he will get burnt every time, and he's not going to be able to drive to the basket like a blaze of of thunder or something. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> A uh, ball of thunder? ball of something? Lightning? I know, some shit. He's not going to... Like, lightning. Yeah, there you go. He's not, he's not going to go point going to Will point you say B. ball of thunder? A ball of thunder, sure. <laughs> blaze of thunder? <laughs> blaze of thunder, yes. I'm thinking like a ball of like fire. A ball of fire! A ball of fire! A ball the thing. of fire! You that's what you're go. going for. <laughs> oh, like Dragon Ball Z. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, <laughs> he's not going to go end-to-end like in a speed of light, but he's a really amazing player, but even putting... Dario Sarge and a bunch of picks. I don't think that gets it done, man. I don't. I don't no, think I, it, I agree.
1: Yeah, you know, I agree.
0: I mean, listen. I think that if anybody could make you know the best player out of Dario, it would obviously be Pop. But I mean, maybe Mark faults and Dario, and I, you know, I just hate to give up on this young core. But damn, man, like,
1: Kawhi, yeah, but Kawhi, like, Kawhi, getting
0: Kawhi healthy that that instantly makes you,
1: and especially with LeBron going west. Um that is instantly he, makes you the favorites in the east.
0: Is he going west though? I don't know. You think there's a well, world where we could get That's it? a different story, but that's but potentially going west. Imagine this. LeBron, Kawhi, and B Okay, sorry. Let's, let's, right, let's come back to earth. <laughs> let's come back to earth here. <laughs> all right, sorry. I'm good. The whiskey is clearly going to my head. You are uh, 2K the uh yeah. the, the 76ers. Exactly. <laughs> they have nobody else on the team, but they have, <laughs> there's they no don't bench, have money for a coach. No, no coach, no bench, <laughs> no medical team. They're just playing all 40 how many forty eight minutes a game. Um, give me another one. Do you have any others? Uh, I think
1: I think Milwaukee is an interesting destination too. I I, I just love the link. The uh, I think the the beauty in in Kawhi Leonard is that he's the kind of player that kind of fits in any system. Right. He he's not like a Blake Griffin that that needs like, you know, like a ball dominant guy. He he Kawhi can be a ball dominant guy. He can be a spot up guy. He can be a low usage guy. He can run in transition. He's just a guy that can do everything. So he can really fit in any situation. But yeah, I think I think Milwaukee is interesting. The 76ers are interesting. I think if somehow if a trade can be done i think miami is very interesting too
0: yeah that would be a nice that would be a nice landing spot the thing is like here's the problem any of these teams that he would really benefit by being there uh they don't have enough to give up lakers right. are like the one team that i can see that they could put an enticing package together for him and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world I mean, I mean it would be the worst thing in the world for everybody who doesn't like the lakers <laughs>
1: Yeah, but can you imagine the Lakers gave up the farm for Kawhi Leonard, and they literally got nobody else after that. So then you'd have Kawhi Leonard on a one on on a one plus one. So he'd he'd be under contract for next year, but then have a player option. You could opt out. So you give up all that for nothing essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's the risk.
1: You know, that's the risk you would take with bringing Kawhi Leonard on. But it's a top five player, and if he's healthy, yeah, that's valuable. A, yeah, he's
0: a top five player. If he's healthy, he's yeah. a top five player. He they could, I mean, the Lakers could give up Brandon Ingram. He he's got potential, but I don't know that he'll ever get to Kawhi's level. But they could also give up a bunch of young guys and they could give up picks. That would be, yeah, what's that?
1: Kuzma as well,
0: yeah. Kuzma, well, I don't know. Would you really want to give up Kuzma? I actually like, I think he's my favorite player in the Lakers right now,
1: (laughs) yeah. But if you're getting Kawhi Leonard, you have to get, I mean, you have to be willing to give up everybody. That includes Lonzo Ball, too. So,
0: in reality, yeah, I mean. I mean, I, <laughs> we're not about kind of right? now, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listen, here's the only thing, though, is what I was gonna say about if Kawhi is healthy, then yeah, he's one of the top five players in the league. But listen to this: in in since 2011-12, when he joined the league, he's played 64 games, 58 games, 66 games, 64 games, 72, 74, and this season nine. So. The injury thing is an actual real concern with Kawhi Leonard. I don't know how much you actually really, really want to give up. And I know I was listening to the open floor podcast with with Andrew Sharp and Ben Golliver, and they were talking about like moving Kawhi to Boston. But even Boston fans are like, no, we're not giving up Jason Tatum for him, which is kind of crazy because, you know, Boston fans. I would like, give it up. I'll, I'll give him up in a heartbeat. Yeah, seriously. Or Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. Uh, but you never know, man. Like, I mean, there's, there's the Boston has a really good package. They put, could put together for them too they have a lot of picks they have a lot of young guys and if they're trying to shoot for the stars man like you know there's only one team really in the east that kind of scares me as far as standing in the sixers way the next you know in the next five years and that's boston because they have a a lot of young guys who are good they have a great coach but they also have a lot of room you know they have they have picks and and they can move things around it's not it's not set in stone there but anyway Absolutely. What about the Pistons? (laughs) Could they get Kawhi? Is there anything they could do to get him?
1: So we kind of talked about this in our Piston-powered circles, and the idea was floated around, like, you give up Blake Griffin, a couple future first, and, like, Luke Kennard, and maybe you entice San Antonio. I still don't think you'd get it done. I, I don't know, but... A lot of people were actually like in our chat or against that trade, and I and I don't really understand why I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, but in reality, any trade that you do for a guy like Kawhi would probably include Andre Drummond. But I would love to have him. I I just don't know. Like, okay, you give up Andre Drummond and you you bring Kawhi in, and you know, although we could offer him a supermax contract after, like, if he were to opt out of his contract. May you know, like maybe he'd stay, but there's still like the 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 possibility that he could join a contender because the Pistons aren't going to be contenders for a long time. So yeah, it's going to take
0: It's going to take a major rebuild. Um, oh, that I not never mind. I wanted, I forgot to mention the part about Stan Van Gundy being. A, did I mention the part about Stan Van Gundy and anti-process? Did I mention this to you? No, oh. but I
1: but but I know he has been anti-process.
0: Yeah. I just didn't want to gloat, but yeah, (laughs) I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I really, (laughs) I really don't want to be that guy, but I I mean, I feel like I have to say something here just so everyone is aware. Stan Van Gundy has been really openly vocally anti-process since it started like three years ago. He just was, he thought it was disgusting and appalling what they were doing. They were purposely trying to lose, which by the way, the players and the coaches were never, the coach was never trying to lose. They were just given a very limited uh, you know roster to work with, and that was by design. So anyway, ever since he opened his mouth, I think they have the most losing record against the Six. Even when the Sixers won ten games that one year, I think they two of those wins were against the Pistons. So just, I'm um, just saying, as a cautionary tale to everyone out there, just be nice, <laughs> be nice to people because it will come back and bite you in the ass. Um, I just wanted to get that in. How do you feel about that, Jim? But,
1: I mean. So a lot of people think the process would just like oh be as bad as possible and tank and whatever and honestly like it was what not. the Mavs and the Grizzlies are doing now that's disgusting because they're resting some players that really should be playing and I don't know why why a fan would want to go see that yeah. but and and then in a way the the Sixers aren't like didn't do that necessarily but what they did was they they took on some bad contracts, acquired assets, acquired assets, acquired assets.
0: And they gave and the young gave guys them some
1: shots who are now exactly. in the
0: league. Like, Ish Smith is still in the league, yep. by the way. Anyway.
1: Exactly. No, it, yeah, that's true. And, you know, so it, they just maximized their chances at hitting on a guy like Embiid or hitting on a guy like Ben Simmons. and And that's kind of what a lot of tanking teams are doing. Brooklyn is really is literally doing that without any assets. Without any assets, yeah, that's the problem. They're literally they're they're taking all these bad contracts in you know to get a second round pick or yeah. to get whatever. But
0: it's what that's the league what these is teams are doing. Yeah. yeah. It's what the league is set up to do. It's exactly what it's set. That's how you have to game the system. And that's it. I mean, anyway, yes. let's let's not go process again. I'm sorry. This has been <laughs> we have to relitigate this again for the nth time, but um let, the only let's...
1: process I I'm interested in is the grieving process at this point.
0: Yeah, tell me tell me give me your five stages of grief quick.
1: All right, so let me pull it up. I, I actually pulled it up earlier.
0: Because <laughs> I totally forgot about this too. I wanted to, we wanted to touch on the Pistons five stages of grief or Pistons fans. So the the first stage is denial.
1: And I think before the playoffs were officially out of the question, I was kind of in denial, like, oh, maybe the Pistons still have a chance. You know, maybe this thing will work out. Maybe the, you know, who knows? And so that was so. I, I feel as though I've moved past the first stage of denial, but now I'm kind of at the second stage of anger. Mm-hmm. I'm just angry about everything. I'm I'm angry at, at the way this team turned out, and I'm I'm angry that we don't, that we don't have a pick. I'm angry we have no cap room. Um. The third stage is bargaining which I don't know how much bargaining we can even do because our, our cap is is, <laughs> is is shitty. So I'm just going to, to I'm just gonna gloss over that one.
0: Maybe you can bargain with your uh, bartender about how many, how many I can... you can get out
1: of them. Two-for-one special Yeah, two-for-one special, yeah. Just explain my situation. I'm shot, on the third man. stage of grief, you know. I'm, I'm sorry, Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> this is the bargaining but... <laughs> phase. Please give me a shot with that beer. Come on.
1: Yep. And then I think I'll eventually hit the depression stage, which is the fourth stage. And then eventually I'm just going to accept it. And that's the fifth stage of, of the grieving process. Mm -hmm. So that's my trust the process. You know, I'm just going (laughs) to, just going to trust in that,
0: follow that to a T well, when do you expect to hit the grieving or the uh, the, the depression stage? Because I hope it's not over summer, because it means be so nice <laughs> out. Like you don't be moping around thinking about your team. You gotta. I'll tell you exactly when. When the when the 12th or
1: 13th pick comes around and the Clippers are picking, um, their the, the next star player, the next Donovan Mitchell, the next whoever <laughs> Devin Booker, whoever oh. it was at that <laughs> that position.
0: Oh my God! So, yeah.
1: That'll be my depression stage, and the and the Pistons will be twiddling their thumbs with some second round European guy or who knows.
0: Oh, that is bleak, <laughs> man. It's <laughs> <That is> bleak. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, let's talk about happier things. <laughs> so now that your your Pistons are out, who are you going to be rooting for for the playoffs? Um. So, or are you, are and, you even going to watch?
1: <laughs> no, of course I'm going to watch. I'm a All basketball
0: right. fan. Yeah. Of course.
1: Um. But on the so for the Western Conference. I, I still think the Warriors are going to win the conference, but I'm really excited to see um, how the how the Trailblazers do in the playoffs yeah. because this is the first year, like, in a, in a long time I can remember since since Lillard has been on the team, that they've been, like, winning a lot of games, and they were on that really hot streak for a while, so I'm really intrigued to see how Stotts and, and Lillard and CJ McCollum, like, kind of start winning in the playoffs because that's something that they really – I mean they won that first round series against Houston yep. with that with that game winner, but they really haven't done much beyond that. So I I'm just curious to see how competitive they'll be in the playoffs. So that's the West. And I so people have been hopping in my mentions and talking to me. And Keith, my my co host for Two Guys and a Goose, he's been he's been on my ass about Houston and how oh they're gonna be the, the, the team that finally takes down the Warriors. Let's stop this nonsense.
0: Yeah. <laughs> let's just stop it I'm with you on the Warriors
1: that. haven't even been trying the only the only thing that could possibly happen is Steph Curry is not the same and the Warriors losing seven or something like that like a really hard hard fought series but if they have Steph Curry healthy stop it just it's not gonna happen
0: yeah I, I'm kind of with you on that but I have you heard the Bill Simmons podcast with with uh Kevin Durant
1: with the blog boys comment
0: yeah I have not. <laughs> I haven't either. I started listening to it, and let me tell you, Kevin Durant is the most unlikable person at this point. He's the most unlikable basketball player at this point. He is so angry about fucking nothing. I can't. I couldn't get through it. I honestly felt it was embarrassing. I'm like, this is, dude, stop talking. This is embarrassing. Like Ben. I mean, Bill Simmons. Like, you know, I used to love him. I can. He's still great. I'm not taking anything away from ben, Bill Simmons ben simmons whatever <laughs> I Get out your system. His, yeah <laughs> I, I still love bill simmons i think he, he's a, you know he's bill simmons but dude stop having fucking kevin durant on your podcast it's like you've gone so far that you're just ruining your own credibility at this point it's like this dude is just so triggered he's supposed to be the like one of the brightest stars in the nba and he's just just angry for no reason Thinks like everybody's out to get him like talks about analytics in the dumbest way like thinks blog boys are just, like dude
1: blog, blog boys
0: what are you what are you doing like dude what, what are you doing like go go play basketball go be great stop worrying about these people and it just i i it i just find it embarrassing i couldn't listen i'm like i have to turn this off so my whole point was, <laughs> I forgot what my point was, that, I don't know, man, like, I don't, if he's that, if Curry is injured for the playoffs, and let's hope he's not, because, you know, Curry being out sucks, and he's better, the league is better when he's in there, but if he's Playoff out. Playoff
1: Curry's fun to watch, too. Yeah, dude,
0: incredible. If he's out, and Kevin Durant has to lead this team, and I just think his mind is a little bit too... I shouldn't even say, him am I going to, I'm about to say his mind is too weak. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but I just think like the pressure could get to him and and maybe they could falter. That's my thinking. Fair. Yeah. He could blow another 3-1 lead. They could blow a 3-1 lead. Yeah. It's never happened before. Um, <laughs> so who are you rooting for in the East? So I really want to root for the
1: 76ers because. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, just, no, they're, they're genuinely the team that just has really come out of nowhere in the past, like, month or so yeah. in the East and has been on a tear. And Boston is, is kind of broken now. And the Cavs are, who knows? I mean, they're a wild card right now at this point. The Raptors, you never know in the playoffs what they could be like. And I was looking at the playoff tree, and I had tweeted this out earlier. If, if the 76ers get the third seed their route to the Eastern conference finals is a lot easier because they won't have to go through the Raptors. They'll just have to beat the wizards and they'll have to beat the winner of the Boston series.
0: That's true. Except I don't know, man. Washington scares me. I, John wall just always scares me. John yeah, wall and, no, Bradley and, and the wizards always play the Sixers tough. I hang on one sec. Can you hear that? Yeah, no. All right, good. Then it's just in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe it's the whiskey. Yeah, it's totally the whiskey. It was actually the end music. It's coming up now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's telling me to stop talking. Now, I mean, the Wizards scare me, but you know what? It's the playoffs. Everybody scares me. Even if if they're a bad team, I'm just like, ah, shit. But for me as a Sixers fan, and I think everyone's, you know, every Sixers fan is like, this season has been just amazing. Like, I was literally thinking this morning as I was in the shower. Sorry, everybody. That like, I'm going to be, I'm actually literally going to be sad when the season is over this year. Like for the first time in so many years, I'm going to be like, fuck, I need more NBA, man. <laughs> like, having, but it's exciting because Folks really came back
1: in the, in, in the past two weeks and he's, he's not looking terrible. No, he's not looking
0: great, but he'll get there. I mean, but he, he'll, yeah, but he, yeah, but it's like his first week really back. So yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, like, the 76ers are everyone's darling team right now, which is great, but think about the Warriors three years ago. They were also everyone's darling team four years ago. Did I say three, four? Three, four years ago. They were also everyone's darling team. Now everyone hates their guts. And you know what? As a Sixers fan, if they start winning like the Warriors, I will take it. <laughs> I Yeah, but they've also
1: it. been in the finals for three straight years. Yeah. So would you take that, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, of course.
1: Of course, yeah. So exactly, <laughs> like... I'm just I saying would, like you, I was to place the Warriors in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah. 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 Of course. Uh, I'm just saying it's a cautionary tale just because uh, everyone loves you now. Don't worry. They're not going to for long. Um, they're going to be
1: villains very soon. Yeah. Very soon.
0: So give me your quick, give me your prediction. Who, who goes to the finals?
1: I think it'll be caps warriors again. Yeah, I think you're right. And and I think the warriors will, will either win in four or five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they would have to give a gentleman sweep to LeBron, right? They have to give him one. You can't, you can't do that to him. You can't put the man out like that. That's crazy. He's still, it's, it's crazy. LeBron has just been the best player in the league for so many years and still he only has three championships because he, because he's always so damn good. You don't even have to put a team around him, but they get exposed in the, in the championship game every single time. Not every single yeah. time. But
1: nearly, like, and, and, it, and it's always the guys around LeBron.
0: Yeah. And oh, yeah. this
1: year, more than others, he really doesn't have
0: much of a cast around him. No. he's He's got some really young dudes. Sham, we should probably uh, wrap it up. I probably should cut some of this out because I blabbered and, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it Can't happens. Tell everybody where they can find you. And also, thank you again for coming on. Yeah, anytime.
1: Love coming on this podcast. Awesome. Um, hope to be on Dungtail soon, but... Start waiting on my invite. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll have to talk to we'll have to
0: talk to James about
1: that. We don't have to tell him, I can just sneak on. But yeah, you can follow my work at ShamShamGod um, pistonpowered.com podcast, two gods and a goose. We are a crazy podcast, so you can listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher.
0: Well there you go everybody. Sham, go check him out. Sham Sham God on Twitter and PistonPowered, And uh, yeah. Thanks again, Sham for coming on. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye bye.